Welcome back, or good morning, good afternoon. Depends where you are. Either way, we are starting hour number two. I am Jim Rome. I'm in Southern California. Great to have you here. Awesome, awesome day, the end of the NFL regular season. You've got the Natty tonight. Not an awesome day, though, when you consider it's Black Monday. A couple of coaches already have been fired. Lots to get to. Telephone number is toll-free nationwide, 1-800-636-8686. But, as promised, we're joined right now via Zoom by a former NFL cornerback. He played 13 years for the Titans, the Browns, the Patriots, the Dolphins. He won a Super Bowl with the Patriots in 2019. He is a CBS Sports NFL and college football analyst, a Westwood One Sports NFL analyst, co-host of NFL Network, Good Morning Football, co-host of the Double Coverage Podcast with his twin brother, Devin. We are joined by Jason McCourty. Jason, great to have you on, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Appreciate you having me as well. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. I mean, we could start in so many different places, but why don't we start with today's coaching news, which NFL Network's been all over. What is your reaction to what's happened so far on Black Monday? I was kind of, I don't want to say as expected, but you watched Arthur Smith the last two weeks, the loss to the Bears, and then obviously the tough one to the New Orleans Saints where they're in the game halftime. I remember texting my brother. I'm like, man, Desmond Ritter's playing out of his mind. And next thing you know, Alante Taylor intercepts the ball, and it all kind of starts to go south uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. So Arthur Smith is let go. Then Ron Rivera with the commanders over the last few weeks, there's been a lot of buzz about that of uh, Rivera not probably going to be kept on there. And then obviously we watched Bill Belichick's end-of-the-year press. There's still a lot of questions around what his future is going to be there. This is always a tough day in the NFL because you're fired up as a Super Wild Card weekend schedule comes out, all the different games, the teams that have made the playoffs. And on the other end of it, you have the teams that are letting go of coaches in. Obviously, the guys that are being let go didn't have a ton of success this season, or maybe it's the past few seasons, but you know the impact that has on the coaches, their families, and the whole nine, and the amount of effort, energy, and work that gets put into that job on a daily basis. So always tough to see people fired, but you know this is something that is constant with the NFL change is always going to happen. Well said, Jason. I'm with you. I take no pleasure in that. That's not a good thing. That's not a positive thing, but it is a ruthless business, and it is a business, and it's a results-oriented business. You mentioned Bill Belichick. I mean, how do you think that plays out? There was one report that he might be willing to cede control of personnel or a certain amount of personnel in order to stay in New England. Do you think he's got any shot to stay there, and how do you think that plays out? Yeah, I saw that. He said he's willing to do whatever is best for the team and I don't know Bill's been there almost 25 years and for so long we've seen him have control of the roster of who comes who goes the whole nine to go backwards now maybe like what general manager are you going to pair him with that now they're sitting there in the draft room and Bill wants one thing the other guy wants another thing how do they decide so there's so much that goes into it. I think with everything that's happened this season, the last few seasons, I do think Bill moves on to a different organization. I'm interested to see if Gerard Mayo's the next guy in line. I felt like he's kind of been groomed to take over that role. It'll be really interesting to see what the Crafts do. Bill alluded to it several times at some point, probably in the coming days, week, he's going to have a meeting with Robert Kraft and they're going to sit down and talk about the direction to the, of the team and the whole nine. And he said he's under contract. He's going to continue to act the same. Just such different territory. As we watched that game yesterday, the snow's falling, the whole nine. They're losing to the Jets, and here we are a day after, and we're questioning the future of Bill Belichick as a New England Patriots head coach. It is crazy times, but you look at the lack of success they've had, the roster that's been built there. you got to imagine at this point, I think that the crowd's going another direction. I think it's more interesting to see kind of who comes in next and then 
Bill, I mean, does he go TV? Does he continue coaching? If so, where is it? Is there a team that's fired up to get a guy like Bill there who knows how to build a culture and the whole nine? So fascinating times when it comes to Belichick and the Patriots right now. Jason McCourty, my guest. Jason, you just touched on something I was going to say. Like, I understand that most great athletes, most, in fact, most athletes, period, do not get to go out on their own terms. And so many great Patriots did not get to leave there on their own terms because Bill was always about that life, you know, about that better to get rid of them a little too soon than a little too late. Who would have ever thought that it would happen to him? If I'd said to you a few years ago that you and I would be having this conversation right now about the GOAT, what would you have said? I would not have believed it. And it's funny you say that, that you don't always leave on your own terms. You think about, I was there on the field for Brady's last game as a Patriot. We were playing the Tennessee Titans in a wild card game. Logan Ryan gets a pick six, and that's kind of the end of the Brady era in New England. Now, of course, Brady goes on to Tampa and wins the Super Bowl, but you're watching that game yesterday, and Brees Hall is still running right now as the Patriots fall to the New York Jets, a team that they had beat 15 straight times. So you don't always get the storybook ending, and I never would have thought that, but at the same time you think about it, every run has to come to an end. Like As great as a coach Bill Belichick was, at some point you knew that he was no longer going to be a Patriots head coach, but much like Brady, you would have hoped and maybe assumed or guessed that it would probably be because he's retiring and he's leaving the game. Judy Batista asked him at his presser after the game about his desire to still coach, and he talked about how he still loves game plan, how he still loves being in the fight and coaching guys and getting them better. So I don't think he walks away. Uh, I think he still enjoys that part of it. And the guy just absolutely loves football. One of the absolute best coaches I've ever been around. So knowledgeable at every facet of the game. Loves the history of the whole nine. And has been a tremendous leader throughout. So I do think Bill goes and helps another organization. I don't think he's going to still be in New England. Jason McCourty joining us. So I could talk to you about any of the teams that are still in it. And yet, the one thing I want to ask you about is Jameis Winston. Jason, I, I, I can't stop watching it. I can't stop watching his, post, his post-game comments. I'm still amazed by that entire thing. What do you make of him being sent out in victory formation to knee it out and then overruling, overruling the coach and saying, I'm going to get my guy? And to, to be fair, he said, I didn't go rogue. The entire team made the decision. Just that whole scene. What is your reaction and what do you think about that? <laughs> Jameis is going down as a New Orleans legend probably after this. And now he keeps saying the no, whole No, dude, team. a life it's legend. I'm, sorry, I'm so sorry to interrupt. A life legend. <laughs> a human legend. A legend of the universe. All right? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That, that is a way better way to describe it. But it was the decision of 11 guys. The, the guys that were out on the field because guys on defense. Like, it wasn't the entire team. But my only issue was that they were in victory. That they just lined up in a normal play. Just run it out. That was Calais Campbell on the defensive end for the for the Atlanta Falcons. He was like, like come on, don't trick us. If you're going to do that, line up in a regular play. From James's perspective, listen, like – I. Everything points to, like, this is disrespectful. Take a knee. The coach says it. James is like, the hell with that. My guy hasn't scored a touchdown this year. I could care less about the Falcons' feelings. I want to get my guy a touchdown. Season's over. We're not going to the playoffs. This is something that we want to hang our hat on. So we're doing it. We've decided it as a group. Now, if I'm Dennis Allen, on the other hand, it's just like, Yo, I called victory formation. You just blatantly went out there after I've told you guys no and decided to do your own play. So that's a bigger question. But from the Jameis perspective, I don't have a problem with it. I get it. The disrespect to this, that, and the third. When you're out there on the field and you're with a team and you go through adversity, ups, downs, different, you that's what you care about. You care about your group. And I think the guys in the locker room, 
This is who Jameis is. He brings that type of energy, a glue type guy, because he probably keeps people laughing, keeps them on their toes. And like you said, him talking about it in the locker room, his facial expressions, he's like, we got an interception. What if we would have scored on an interception? So all of the Jameis experience, I think, is fascinating and so fun to watch. I think the guys within that locker room really love and respect James. <laughs> Chase, I mean, you and I could talk about this for hours. It's so amazing. I'm glad you brought up the facial expressions were amazing. Like, you have to see it. It's one thing to hear it, but to <laughs> see it's even better. But, Jason, one more thought about that. How incredible is it that James tried to argue that, hey, if we had scored on that pick, nobody would have said anything. What's the difference? Well, my guy, and again, I love that he did it on a certain level. My guy, the difference is you went in victory formation and you faked it and then you punched it in him asking what is the difference is so great isn't it huge difference and that's why arthur smith was so fired up which yeah if i was arthur i'd have been pissed too so i was all for arthur meeting dennis allen i mean that whole scene of him walking in dennis allen walking in you can break that down the db coaches behind arthur smith steve jackson he had choice words for dennis allen as he walked by then the Saints special teams coordinator, Darren Rizzi, he walks in. He's chasing after Arthur. So uh, for a season to end and then for it to end like that, it was almost comedy to a certain extent of you're watching like almost a wrestling thing of the disrespect and you're handling in that midfield. Jameis is Jameis. We all know that experience. We've watched it for years now. So I don't. you kind of expect that coming from Jameis Winston. I don't know if there's – any other person in the NFL that would have done that. Had Derek Carr been in, he definitely would have taken a knee. So I think that's a fascinating thing when you're in the Jameis Winston experience. Yeah, that's so great you said that. We had that exact conversation before the program. I'm like, nobody, 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 nobody does that but Jameis. And I know Derek Carr would not do that. Jason McCourty joining us. I'm so glad you broke that down for me. Hey, before you go, what about the Bills? Like that Bills comeback win last night in Miami felt like sort of a microcosm of their entire year, right? They found a way to win their four straight AFC Eastern Division title. Josh Allen accounted for over 400 yards, but there were turnovers. We're talking about a team, Jason, that was 6-6, six and six, and they played their way all the way into a 6 or a 2 seed. What's your read then on the Bills? Who are they? Do you expect them to make another deep run, or could they flame out early? What's going to happen with these guys? They're winning football games right now. That's five straight wins for them. You just said it. They were the 11th seed at one point. We're like, they have a 14% chance to make the playoffs. They won the division. They're the number two seed. They're hosting a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the run that they've gone on, you can't discredit that. They're finding ways to win games. But I also don't think you can just sit there and say, like, they're playing lights out football. I don't think it's been that. I think, like you just said, the Josh Allen experience, it is what it is at this point. He's going to turn the ball over, but then he's going to make runs late in the game like he did to kind of help secure the victory of breaking tackles and those plays that we love to watch from him. The defense, that what I, that's what I took away from that game against the Miami Dolphins where in that second half, the Dolphins didn't have a possession that was more than four plays. So as much as we talk about Josh Allen, this, that, and the third, it was the defense that stepped up. And Sean McDermott, you think about a few weeks ago, we were talking about what he said to his team, and there was articles being written about the downfall of McDermott and the Bills, and you starting to question whether he was going to be there in the future. They haven't lost a game since then. So you talk about their ability to – the resiliency and ability to get through that adversity and be able to come out on top. You can't discredit this Buffalo Bills team. And I think for the teams left in the playoffs, like you don't want to play this Bills team because we look at the Bills who have gotten hot and they've just continued to win games since that loss to Philly. And then you look on the other side, 
where Philly, you're going into the playoffs darn near limping because you just continue to lose games to opponents that you're supposed to be. So there's a, a hot Bills team that are finding ways to win five straight games hey, to Jason, finish you, the season. You've been awesome. Because you mentioned Philadelphia, let me get a quick thought before I let you go. What about them? They were 10-1. and one. They were 10-1, and one, and Nick Sirianni was talking all that junk, especially after the KC game. They get blown out by the Giants yesterday, and Nick keeps talking about, hey, this is the way we're built. We know how to get up. It seems to me if they knew how to get up, they would have gotten up already. What happened to them exactly? It's so hard to point your finger on because there hasn't been like that catastrophic injury like Jalen Hurts went down and this is where it all went wrong. Now they're dealing with a ton of injuries, but I think things are so bleak in Philly right now that they're pointing to like, all right, big Dom DeSandro, security guy. Remember, he was removed from the sideline during the 49ers game, hasn't been back on the sideline. They're like, all right, Dom's back, going to be back on the sideline. That's the mojo that we're missing because they can't point their fingers to the exact one thing that's gone wrong in Philly. The guys, the guys are out there. They're just not finding ways to win games. You knew it was a panic situation when Sean Desai was removed from the defensive coordinator. Matt Patricia was elevated. For Matt Patricia, a tough position because this isn't the defense he installed. This is not the terminology that he's used to using. Uh, Matt Patricia is more of a man-to-man type of guy. When he was in New England, they had good defenses. Now he's forced to run this, which isn't his, so you're trying to figure that side of it out. The defense has been terrible down to stretch of the season for them. Offensively, they can't get anything going. You look at the past two weeks. The Eagles have lost to the Arizona Cardinals who have a top-five pick and the Giants, who I think picked six in it, they those two teams have combined for 10 wins. Philly had 10 wins in 11 weeks of the season. So Philly right now is playing like one of the worst teams in the NFL when you look at those games because they didn't play well against the Giants when they got the victory on Christmas Day. So this is a team that is absolutely struggling, who is now forced with injuries as well to try to come up with a game, a win in the playoffs on the road in Tampa Bay. Team that's not playing red hot either, but it's hard to look at this Philly team and say, you know what? I think they're going to turn around once the playoffs hit because for the last several weeks, they haven't been able to do so. Right, but they do have Dom back, so that's what matters. Jason McCourty joining us, covering all sorts of ground. My man is everywhere. Jason, such a great job by you. I really appreciate you joining us on a Monday, especially coming off a weekend like that and a really busy week ahead. Jason, thank you very much. Great job. Anytime. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Jason McCourty joining us. This is why he has so many platforms and so many gigs. Great stuff. Really good insight. Great energy. And I thought his breakdown of Jameis was tremendous. All right, so let's get into that. Telephone number is toll-free, 1-800-636-8686. Eagles fan, did you hear what he just said? They're playing like one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. This is the whole point about how it doesn't matter how you get in. As long as you get in, ah, Absolutely, it matters how you get in. It matters how you're playing when you get in, and he just said it. They're playing like one of the worst teams in the NFL right now, and he's not wrong. (laughs) Jameis. He said exactly what I said prior to the show when we were talking about it. Number one, not only would Derek Carr never do that in a million years, and Derek Carr, by the way, was actually, he was playing pretty much down the middle when he was asked about it. I don't know that there's another guy in the NFL they would do what Jameis did, which is what makes it even more legendary. Oh, no, Jameis is a legend. Saints fans, Saints fans, I especially want your reaction to that. What do you think about that? What do you think about the way that was handled? What do you think about Dennis Allen quickly apologizing for what Jameis did? And me, I loved it. I think it's hilarious. I think it will always be hilarious. But Jason brought up a guy that makes me think for one second. 
Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell is one of the classiest, classiest guys ever in any sport. And Calais's take is, look, dudes, it's one thing if you want to line up and get your guy a score, fine. But pretending that you're going to knee it out and showing up in victory formation and then getting him a score is not really getting him a score. Like, that's cheap, man. That's dirty. That's not cool. That's just class. I could argue the other side of that, that it's even funnier. It's even funnier. In fact, not I could argue, I will argue. That's what made it so awesome. They didn't go in there just to pour it on their rival, which is what they did. Although Jameis would say, no, it wasn't about them. It was about us. My guy, like, led the NFL in touchdowns last year. He didn't have one yet this year. We all love him. We wanted to get him a score. Okay. So line it up and get him a score. But that's not what they did, which makes it even more hilarious. And then, again, and I'm so glad Jason made this point because I want to make the point. It's not just what Jameis said afterwards in this three-minute block that I want to play. You have to see his facial expressions. My man is so hilarious and so funny that I keep going back to what's my favorite part? What's my favorite part? I don't even know because there's so many great parts. But I want to reiterate, Jameis trying to argue that what's the difference between scoring on the pick or scoring from the one yard line. Yeah, we got an interception to the one yard line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so if, 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 if we would have scored, would it still would have been disrespectful? Right. You know, so. Uh, Tyron wasn't in on it, was he? No, Tyron was not, not in <laughs> no, it. So, like, so it was, would it still be disrespectful? Well, yes, Jameis, because you went out there in victory formation and you acted like you were not going to score and you deked them. So, yes, there's a big difference, and it's a hell of a lot more disrespectful, which makes it a hell of a lot more awesome and more hilarious and the most Jameis thing I've ever seen. Get this guy yellow jacket right now. Right now. Right now. Get him his own bust in Canton right freaking now. Baseball bat. Get this guy a yellow jacket. I'm getting all fired up again. I, I could do this for three hours. It was incredible. All right, so now I want your reaction. And I'll get into that some more, but I want your reaction. Saints fans, I want your reaction. Man, Arthur Smith was hot. And understandably so. I've seen him furious over a lot lesser things than that. Incredible. Of all the games yesterday, that's the one I'm talking about. A game between the Falcons and Saints. Like, I don't want to call it one of the dumber rivalries in the NFL, but it is... It is one of the kind of weird, super fierce rivalries in the NFL. And you can see why now. All right, let me get out. I'm looking for your reaction. Are you not enjoying this as much as I am? Put it this way. My team and I thought it was amazing. I don't know where you come out. You know James Kelly thought it was amazing. If there's one person who likes Jameis more than me, it's Jameis Kelly. In fact, I'm going to start calling you that from now on, Big Head. Jameis Kelly. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. I mean, again, it's Black Monday, and it's, it's a national championship day. 
and the NFL regular season ended and the playoffs are set and all we're doing is talking about Jameis. Jameis is bigger than the game. You know that whole thing about how nobody's bigger than the game? <clears throat> Jameis is. All right, so I said I want some reaction from New Orleans. Here is some reaction from New Orleans. Jim, I hope you understand that all of New Orleans is ready to crucify Dennis Allen after apologizing to the fail cons. For a brief moment, Coach had the entire city behind his back, cheering him on, thinking his blood had finally run cold. And after an infuriating mediocre season, only to destroy that brief moment of solidarity and ecstasy with that apology. Hudats will never forget or forgive that. Fire DA so we can get a coach with some actual passion for the game. Dan in New Orleans. So you thought that he ran them out there to do that. And you're like, that's our dude. All along, we're like, man, this guy's vanilla. This is a mediocre season. Man, we need somebody with some fire. We need somebody with some passion. You know, the way it used to be when Sean Payton was around here. The way it is with Dan Campbell. Like, holy crap. I had no idea that Dennis Allen had that in him. He doesn't. (laughs) The players did it. I thought Jason McCourty said something funny, too. When Jameis says, the whole team, the whole team made that decision. No, they didn't. The, The 11 guys in the huddle did. But still, a Saints fan, not to uh, pour any more additional salt in the wound, but here is the actual apology from Dennis Allen. I'm going to start off by apologizing to Arthur Smith and the, and the Falcons. Um, that was not a play that we intended to run down there to finish out that game. That's not who we are. That's not how we operate. we got a good rivalry, um, and, it, and it's a heated rivalry. Um, but there's a way we go about doing our business. We should have taken a knee. So, Isn't it incredible that the first time they actually, the fans, and I don't want to speak for all the fans, but some of the reaction I'm getting, the first time they actually start to like this guy and respect this guy and appreciate this guy is when they thought that he sent them out to embarrass and humiliate them that way. And then when they found out that that was not the case, they were furious. And Dennis, not only is he not that guy, like, again, they're like, we had no idea he had that in him. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't. Not only does he not have that in him, he agreed with Arthur Smith on the field. And then when he got off the field and got right to the podium, the first thing he did was apologize and make it very clear to the world that is not who we are and that is not what we do. That's not who we are. That's not how we operate. Yes, it is. At least that's who Jameis is and the other 10 guys in the huddle. That's who Saints fan is. That's what Saints fan wants. I get that whole coaching fraternity thing. I understand that. But the players don't give a damn. I mean, could you disrespect your coach any more than they did? The guy made it so clear. Hey, Jameis, I'm sending you out there now to do one thing, man. Knee it out. Victory formation. This thing is over. They're humiliated. We probably got one of my peers fired today. Let's just get off the field and get the hell out of here and see if we get a couple of breaks and maybe we get in. And Jameis is like, no, 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 we're not doing that. 
hey, show of hands, who wants to punch it in? And who do we get the tutty for? Jamal, man. Jimmy Graham, maybe. No, Jamal. Jamal, that's what we're going to do. Not only are we going to get him his touchdown because we love him and he deserves it, we're going to do it like this. We're going to pretend to take a victory knee. Oh, man, this is going to be good. Fake knee on one. Yeah, but what happens? Hey, 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 Jay, Jay, hey, 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 Cap. What if we line up and, like, Calais goes, are you guys going to score or not? What do we say? What do we do? Either you say nothing. No, no, you know what you do? Tell them we're taking a knee. Tell them we're going to take a knee. Just make sure you cross your fingers behind your back. Kings. I mean, the whole thing is just so incredible. Like, here, I'm still talking about it. I just, and again, it's what makes it so incredible. I, I want to play the whole three-minute block. It would not be responsible. But then again, maybe it would be irresponsible for me not to because the sound is so incredible. Again, that, and I love that Saints fan reaction saying, we, we all hate Dennis Allen for apologizing. I mean, it's just getting funnier and funnier. What else we got? Drew in West L.A. Jameis doing Art Smith like this is similar to the XR4TI going rogue and handing you bum smack after you told them not to. No, it's not, Drew. It's nothing like that. No, it's more like the XR4TI coming in here dressed up like buffoons and clowns for Halloween, which is what they did. That, that was the equivalent. They know how I feel about that. But then again, I never actually told them not to. It was just kind of implied. I guess I had to tell them not to. Now, if I told them, like, yo, Tommy, Albie, Savage, Cindy, don't you dare show me up by dressing up like morons and clowns. And then, like, we got you, boss. We got you. We got you, boss. And then Tommy's like, hey, 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 come on. Come to my office for a minute. Let's take a vote. Let's take a vote. Who is in favor of dressing up for Halloween tomorrow? All hands go up. All right, let's do it. Boss will get over it. What's he going to do? Fire all of us? What's he going to do? Host the show? Book the show? Screen the calls? Engineer the show? Do the week that was? What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Yeah, but, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's done this 30 years. We really want to show him up and embarrass him. Like I just said. Can you read Vampire Lips? What's he going to do? Fire all of us? Planet Wilson 1 writes, Hey, Jim, hear me out. Anytime one of you clones says, hear me out, I immediately tune you out. Hey, Jim, hear me out. What if Bass Pro Shop guy and Jardian's lady were to procreate? Would you then be willing to lift the ban on their offspring? Regards every clone in the solar system. Hey, Planet Wilson, whoever the hell you are, actually, what if I were to ban your ass? Period. That's what I thought. You've been warned. Do it again in your band. And generally, I think I've banned maybe two people in 30 years. You don't want that. If I ban you, where are you going to go with that idiocy? Don't do it. Don't do it. Jamie, don't do it. 
All of you, don't do it. And you know what it is. Don't do it. All right. Still ahead. The big head, James Kelly and I, top of the hour, going to break down the natty. I've been talking NFL. All right. To be fair, I've been talking about Jameis. But I've been talking about that for the first half of the program. Definitely want to get into the natty. I've not forgotten about the natty. Michigan, Washington. Love the matchup. And I'll have a couple of different points of view on that. Mine, the heads, Stuart Mandel, all at the top, and into our number three. 1-800-636-8686. Get on the phone. Hit me up. I've got more thoughts on what I saw yesterday in the NFL. But first up, I do have a sports update. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Clones, as a reminder, not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trappers, old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy and peppered, all come in four-ounce bags. That way you can sample the different flavors and find out which one you like best. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper. What is your beef? Just because I'm not talking about the natty does not mean that I'm not hyped on the natty. I am. It's more of an hour three thing because there's so much NFL, but we will definitely talk about the matchup tonight. Love that game. And we'll start doing that at the top of the hour or in about 15 minutes from right now. I want to finish up thinking or talking about some of what I saw yesterday. Now, let's look ahead to the Stafford Bowl. Pretty great, right? I talked about that briefly. You've got Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Detroit, the Rams, the NFL script writers. Nailed that, right? But as good as that is, the Big Mike Bowl might be even better. Because we have the Packers at the Cowboys on Sunday, thanks to a massive win for Green Bay, and a massive performance from Jordan Love. I want to point out once again, how many things have changed so dramatically over the last month in the NFL? Turns out there was a quarterback in that game who left no doubt as to them being the unquestioned future of their franchise. Unfortunately, it was not my guy, Justin Fields. The quarterback was not Justin Fields. Again, that was the biggest game of Jordan Love's life so far, and he balled out. Balled the hell out. Dude is actually looking the part of a Packers franchise quarterback, which is really saying something because looking the part of a Packers franchise quarterback essentially means that you're looking like you're on the path of all-time greatness. I'm not saying he's the next Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he's the next text slinger. I'm not saying he's the next part star. I'm saying the guy looks pretty damn good. And it looks like they have their guy going forward. Remember a couple of months ago when the Packers were actually questioning or acting like they weren't sure if he was their guy going forward? If he was the guy for the long haul? Yeah, well, they're not acting like that anymore. That's not the vibe they're throwing off anymore. Listen to his head coach now. He's a tough-minded sucker now. Um, you know, his family did a hell of a job raising him in terms of just what he's all about. He is, I think you guys would all agree, that the ones that know him in here, he's, he's about the right <laughs> um, Sorry for that, but 
he he is he's about all the right things. I mean, dude, love him much? That's Matt Lafleur. He's a tough-minded sucker. He's all about the right bleep. He's all about the right things. They brought his family brought him up the right way. Yeah, that you know. And then he's sorry. Sorry about that. No, you're not. You don't sound that sorry, Matt. In fact, I know you're not sorry at all because you feel like you've got yourself a damn good quarterback. And he's not just a, quote, tough-minded sucker. He's also on his way to his first-ever playoff start. And a guy that only a few weeks back we were asking, is this the guy? Nobody's asking that anymore there, right? Tough-minded sucker now. Tough-minded sucker now. So pretty incredible vibes from my Wisco fam in Green Bay. And going back to the other, the exact opposite is true in Duval, Jacksonville. What the hell happened? And again, I don't mean yesterday. I mean the last six weeks. The Jags are so lucky that the Eagles are around. Otherwise, we would be calling this Jags collapse one of the biggest collapses ever. In fact, we probably still should. Because on December 3rd, barely a month ago, all the Jags had to do was beat the Bengals at home on Monday night to move into the number one seed in the AFC. It doesn't even sound real. It doesn't even sound possible, but it's true. They were 8-3. and three. How about this? 8-3, and three, and at that time, had a 99% chance of making the playoffs. 99% chance of making the postseason, but apparently not. They were one win away from controlling the one seed. Then they lost four in a row, five of six, and they hit the skids in the worst way imaginable. Could not be a bigger disaster than it is. I can't even imagine the shape the tenderonies are in this morning. But I promise you, it is not pretty. But then again, one team's collapse is another team's glory. And in this case, that team is a jungle team. That team is led by a legendary clone. That team is quarterbacked by a legendary Orange County neighbor of ours. Division champ, Houston bleeping Texans. You love to see it. <laughs> love to see it. Love Could not be happier it. for those guys. That is a jungle team through and through. Love to see it. And now we get to see the Browns in the Deshaun Watson Bowl. Love Watson? to see that, too. Man, that was amazing. The way that game ended, too. Hey, Colts fans, if you want to jump up in here and you want to ask the question, okay, Rome, but why was our best player on the sideline on fourth and short at the end of the game? If you're looking for me to answer that question, I don't have that answer. I don't know why your best player, who had been running roughshod all over the Texans, was on the sideline at the end of that game. I really don't know. I just know scoreboard. And I know the Texans are advancing. And the Texans are in the postseason. It's beautiful. Then you got the Bills Mafia. Let me go back to them for a minute. You got to love the Mafia. The range of emotions that they've been going through. Look like for a fact they were going to lose that game. They don't look like for a fact they had won that game. They don't look like they were going to lose that game. And then they won that game. In other words, a microcosm again of their entire season. Hey, Mafia, I got a question. 
What were you doing at 4.45 a.m.? I, you know what I was doing. I'm walking into Starbucks. What were you doing, though, Mafia, at 4.45 a.m.? You know where the Bills Mafia was at 4.45 a.m. The freaking Buffalo Airport, of course. Yeah, I know. I know. I know, clones. Of course, Bill's Mafia was at the airport at 445. They can be loyal because, like, they have no jobs, right? Because, like, they have no lives, right? No, it's because they're really freaking loyal. Of course they went to the airport to welcome the team back in, man. How about the Eagles? I wonder what Eagle fan did. I wonder what Eagle team did after that choke job. Hopefully the Eagles drove their team bus right to that escape room they have. Because if they needed it badly last week, you can only imagine how badly they need it right now. Escape room. Escape room. The Eagles season. You know what? The Eagles entire season is an escape room. They're stuck. They're miserable. They're too tired or banged up or frustrated to put together any of the clues. Their less thinking thinking. mantra is killing them. They're like desperately banging on the walls, screaming for the escape room customer service to come let them the hell out. But it's getting worse. The walls are closing in. The escape room owner is turning off the AC. The power is about to go out. Jalen wants to flush it all. All of it. But they can't get to the bathrooms. They're all stuck in the room and probably taking dumps right there on the floor. Probably taking dumps on each other. By the time the fire department uses the jaws of life... To get them out, half the team will be cannibalized. Escape room? There is no escape from the escape room. We're going to bite a kneecap off. I'm hungry, man. What a disaster. Hey, Eagle fan. Why am I here in California breaking it down? I want to hear from you, Eagle fan. I want to know what it feels like. And I want to hear your explanation as to what happened to a team that was 10-1 with your smack-talking head coach, letting everybody hear it, coming off that Chiefs game. What Where's happened? The camera? If everybody could do it, everybody would do it. This guy. Right? With all that leadership, too. I mean, there, there are leaders in that locker room. How did this happen? 1-800-636-8686. My man Andrew Siciliano on the X. Reporter, is it your expectation that you're back as head coach next season? Dennis Allen, quote, that is my expectation. Yes. I don't know, Dennis. I mean, that might be your expectation. But what if Jameis calls a meeting and puts it to a vote? then I bet your expectation might be different. We made a collective decision that we wanted to get one of our guys who they fight with blood, sweat, and tears every game in the end zone. And uh, I'm going to feel good about that. 
What's next? Hey, 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 everybody. Jameis here. You imagine Jameis like calling up members of the press. I've got a press conference that is going to be at 1 o'clock that you all need to be there for. Is this thing on? Yeah, I made another collective decision. We want a new head coach. And we will have a new head coach because I want to thank Dennis Allen for everything he's done for us. But we're moving on. I will lead the search for the new head coach. And if you disagree with the statement that I just made, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with every player on this team. That's not who we are. That's not how we operate. Yes, it is, my man. Yes, it is. The big head, James Kelly, joins me when we come back.